Oh, there it is. Oh no! Oh no! The recording is is on my end in Indonesia. We're fucked. <laughs> this is the most bootleg episode ever. And we're yep. gonna like a, have like a tech breakdown. Leave over here, like shut up. Fight a varmint. Look, look yes. at all paranoid too. I'm fucking paranoid. <laughs> if you see a monkey come in the room behind me, don't tell me. Just let me die. Of fucking monkey shines coming from behind me and ripping my my throat out. What was that old joint? Uh, oh, Shakma. <laughs> it's like the what was the baboon movie? Yeah, Kill the Baboon. I think it was. Oh, yeah, it's from like the eighties. Yeah. yeah, it's called Shakma. Had a crazy trailer too. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully it's not that behind you. No, but, uh, but let me behind you. Fill everybody in. I came back to my uh, to my house here in in the rainforest, and uh, the trash was turned over, and there's little paw prints everywhere. So uh, the, the the guys came in. We think it's a, a ferret. It's not a monkey. Um, the the second bedroom, which I don't use, I closed it tight. Was like a jar when I came in. I was like, oh no, there's a monkey in the second bedroom. I grabbed the broom. <laughs> Uh, I've been going through it for the last hour. <laughs> uh, they came and they cleared the house, uh, and now I'm just uh, just paranoid. So, and, and then Mike, fill us in on the technical situation for this week's episode. Yeah. So, um, hey, by the way, welcome to A4E, everybody. Uh, the the most uh, on the fly episode we've ever done. Uh, just as we were about to record, the graphics card on my computer overheated and shut down, and will not boot back up. Uh, and so I am left doing this on my phone. Liam is actually recording for the first time ever, and we're going to have to try and figure out how to edit since I no longer have a rig. Um, so yes, we apologize for any and all sound issues you may hear. We apologize for any and all roughness. We'll just, we'll, as Vice said, this is A4E raw this week. So, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're doing it raw. Um, so. <laughs> anyway. What are, what are um, we even gonna do? Because like I had kind of in my head, we we're gonna like catch up episode where we like talk about all the uh, cool stuff we've seen or or you know in the past few weeks. But uh, I don't know if we're gonna like survive like more than an hour on this on this rig currently. No, <laughs> no. But I don't think I don't think it'll take that long. I figured the first thing we could start talking about is I haven't seen it yet, but both of you guys have seen, and it, I know it's been out a couple of weeks, but we haven't had an episode like this for a couple of weeks. You guys have both seen David Fincher's The Killer. Uh, and, and so why don't you guys let everybody know what you, what you thought of that? Liam, how about you go first? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's funny. Cause, uh, I, I could tell when I was watching it, there was a lot of meticulous craft happening, but I wasn't even sure. Um, you know, there's a couple shots where it opens and he's sitting there bored and he's setting up this kill, this sniper kill across, uh, across this. Uh, city area in France and you're like yeah you know that that shot of the building looks really crisp so like how how are they doing that and there's just a lot of that throughout the movie but I'd say the most mind-blowing thing is that they did fully CG versions of Fassbender like on just kind of like seemingly normal shots that you could get and it and and uh that kind of blew me away because anytime I've had a CG double I've wanted to stay as wide as possible uh, obviously not working with, uh, you know, reportedly $175 million budget for like, you know, it, it doesn't feel like that big of a movie, but there's so much invisible craft going on. Um, I did appreciate it and, and liked, I like it when, when Fincher just kind of does straight genre, you know, 
Um, so it kind of felt like a return to form. It's uh, it's definitely a Gen X movie. I think in a good way. I think it, you know, it's 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 it feels very much of that time. It almost felt to me. It kind of reminded me of like the type of movie that I think someone even tweeted this that was like, this is the type of movie you you would want to make when you're like 22 years old. And I was like, yeah, but that's cool, you know. <laughs> like, like I think it's kind, of, it, especially not like nowadays, twenty-two-year-old, like a twenty-two-year-old, you know, in two thousand. Like it feels like, it feels like very much of that time. And so, um, I, I, I liked it. I liked the experience. Um, the TV I have here is is just a Samsung, but it's it's not it's not too bad on the calibration. So. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very much like riding the darks and the blacks and, um, very purposely does a big fight scene, um, that is obscuring a lot and using darks and shadows, but I, I was never like lost onto what was happening. And I, I could kind of understand what the purpose of it was like, it's, it's not a martial arts scene, you know? Um, and, and so I enjoyed it and I thought, uh, I thought it was a fresh approach and, it definitely fucking jarred me out of the moment. And, uh, and I was, I was glued to the screen. I was pretty much glued to the screen throughout. I, I thought it did a really good job of just pulling you in. And it, it's definitely uh, sort of the anti hookup movie, but in a funny way, like he just looks like a fucking white bozo. The whole, the whole movie. <laughs> like, he has this dumbass hat, but it's true. He looks like a German tourist. So you're like, I'm just not going to bother that guy. I don't want to deal with him and his accent. <laughs> and, uh, and so all of it's, all of it's like observations. Um, you know, it felt, it felt all like internally consistent and, um, you know, people are arguing over the ending. I, I didn't really think it even mattered. It was just all about, you know, the ride. Um, but I, 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 you know, I'm sure I'd like to hear what vice has to say or, or any more like deeper, thematic um you know uh you know interpretations of it yeah well that's kind of the funny thing about it is because um i had seen well you know it, well the first thing is that the way it flows like um i mentioned this before it almost feels like uh you know most of the movies it's um him doing recon for a hit rather than like him actually doing an action movie or or, or spy assassin shit he's like sitting waiting you know eating mcdonald's and stuff he's, he's, he's constant monologue so like all this time spent in this character's head, just kind of waiting, you know, it's like a, 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 it's not that it's supposed to be an action movie in the first place, but it definitely feels like an anti-action movie, or most like almost like a, a hangout movie. But then, but then, there are still really cool um, pieces of well, murder, I guess, like the actual when the actual hits come, they're like really well made, they're really exciting. So then you, you kind of like you have these uh these kind of ups and downs of like uh you just kind of meandering around this like weird dude <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then like uh, also like part of it, like you know he's kind of um i guess i, I read an interview or a line from fincher that he's kind of a uh unreliable narrator the character so like you know you kind of he, he's talking about he's talking all this shit talking about a good game you know like i have a thousand percent you know uh a bad thousand batting average but like his first this hit you see is a fuck up and that's that's like the um candles of the story and like as, as he goes on like he kind of like not fucks up but it's like um this stuff seemed way harder than he makes it out to be. <laughs> like, so, like, all kinds of, like, uh, little uh, hiccups and obstructions. And it's funny because, to me, it's funny because, like, um, a lot of uh, cool killer-type action movies, yes, you have a guy who's skilled, and he, like, kind of would be most of the head, but he 
improvises as much as as he plans. That's kind of where the, like the fun, you know, like, I don't know, like maybe like a Jackie Chan kind of style of like a, I'm improvise this chair to, to fight or whatever. But you, see, you hear the characters say constantly, "Never improvise, always plan." But then he get, he fucks up. He has like he, think of the fly. <laughs> so it's, it's really funny. Like you you see this this kind of this. He's not a slub per se. Like he, he's obviously a trained killer. Especially when you see a fight scene, he's like like really adept. Um, so you know, shout out to Patrick for getting that training done. But like, uh, it's just this kind of like it's very comedic, really, like a black comedy in a way. It's like a but like this is it's Fincher's take on the cool killer Earth type. But this guy's kind of a, in the comparative speaking, he's kind of bumbling. Like he's like he's like the uh, he's a bozo. He's a bozo. Yeah. 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 Like 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 you get why he's a killer. Like he's good enough, but it's like uh, maybe we should hire somebody else. <laughs> But um, but it's actually funny. Like as far as like the actual thematics of it all, like other than that playing on that killer archetype, you know, I read a lot of stuff. People was saying like it's got a, it's just a very like, oh, this is a uh, great screed. It's an allegory on capitalism and um the gig economy and, and like you know how um the, like corporate uh, takeovers and like corporate overlords running running lives. And I guess I could see that you know because like well well I guess they're spoiling and you know. Part of the one of the villains like a some like um ceo and like um the whole the whole business of contracting killers you know it's like a you know it, it does resemble like gig economy and and modern ways of doing work but like it's really honestly it's not about that at all it's like just some just some dude he's just hanging out with this killer dude like like there's capitalism and and like um corporate stuff in the movie but it's like it's not about that at all. It really just kind of feels like Finch just having a good time. He's, he's like having fun, like, like like as you said, like you know, ha- like if he was making this uh, back in his like dream project from as if he was younger as a kid or as a younger younger, younger um, adult, he's just having fun with this. What what is in fact a comic book movie? It's a comic book adaptation. It's just that you know, but it's not the normal. You know, like more but more like the spectrum of like a, I don't know, like um, Ghost World kind of comic book rather than you know fucking Marvel comic. You know, it's like that. Um, Adult themed, uh, uh, kind of introspective thing, or even like, uh, like similar to how also Netflix, like, uh, Extraction that, that was loosely based on a comic book itself. Um, so it, it, it kind of does its own thing. This, yeah, this is like just taking that, uh, weird vibe of this story template to have fun with it. So, yeah, like, it was just kind of cool, like, see, like, you know, this, and that's what I was, you know, well, yeah, like, um. Even I guess with a bigger like a uh, features like Facebook movie for for example whatever you know like um that could be a, about how social media has ruined people's lives but it's not really it's really just that personal human drama of you know the 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 the, the, the character or the real person that we know of you know what he's going through and a similar thing here is like it's not really a fine to say some weird big screed about you know our, our systems of power and everything. it's just like uh it's just like this one dude is having a really bad day at work but his work just happens to be a, a Killing people, so he was just like kind of having fun with that, that whole premise in a kind of recognizable way that we that we can relate to, even though he's like a fucking cold blooded killer. So yeah, I had a really good time overall. I really enjoyed it. Um, and oh, last thing is that the, you know it's yeah, I saw that the, the, there's a clip on YouTube from the VFX VFX studio where you see like the full breakdown of uh, there's a scene of him driving to the streets of Paris on a I think a moped or some kind of small motorbike. And yeah, like just watching it, you would think this is oh, it's just him on a bike, but yeah, there's almost the entire thing is like a, a construct. And it's like, but it's so funny. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like a intentional or part of the joke per se, but it just was funny to me that for such a, like a such a well crafted 
um composition like that, like the motorbike scene or the um the uh the Overwatch of the building where he's sniping, there's other parts that are like kind of like almost like look mad fake. Like uh, whenever he's in the airport, the overhead jets, the fl- jets that fly overhead, like you know, the savage scene, they look fake as fuck. It's not like, but again, I was like, I don't know, and it looks like a that's when it looks like a um quote unquote Netflix movie, and like uh I, I was watching, it, I'm like, I kind of like again, I don't want to like or presume too much, but. It did feel like it was kind of like part of the joke or part of the fun of it all. Like you know, he's he he's obviously like in um, well maybe he's not me. I don't know if he's in one scene. There's one scene in the Dominican Republic, so I don't know for sure if he was there like on scene specifically. But it's like it's obviously like it's obviously a foreign uh, environment. Uh, but yeah, just like some parts of it is like a, it's obviously like a, it's an obvious like a back green screen or like obvious like a background composition. It's like are you really there? Like it's just like he's just kind of having fun playing with this this. With the, like, not just the story of the movie, but like the visuals of it all. It's like, um, like I could have made this cool, but like I didn't because fuck it, you know. <laughs> like, like yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe a just... little bit, a little bit on that like fully CG motorcycle thing. It's that like, I mean, it's it's super impressive, but it's also like, why couldn't you just photograph? Why couldn't you just film them? Like, like yeah, yeah. Like, did the camera box move too much? Like, I just don't get it. it, it like, in some ways, it it's it's super impressive to be that insane to ask people to do it and then have someone pay those people to do it because <laughs> anyone else in the world asking them, everyone would be like, no, no, we're not doing that. Get <laughs> fucked. And so yeah. like your Fincher, you get people to do shit that they like don't want to do, shouldn't do. And uh, no, like no reason to, and they, they still have to do it and they do incredible work, but uh, you kind of take a step back and you're like, oh, okay. I mean, if, if you say so that this is the only way to do it, but I really, I really, I, I, I watch action movies all the time. I've seen cameras strapped to Tom Cruise's head before. It's not that crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah it kind of makes me feel like, yeah, I don't want to presume too much, but that kind of made me feel like it's maybe just him like having a lot. Having I, a I don't think it, like he's his... the type of guy who has fun. I don't think he's like, yeah, hey, I'm just having fun. Like, it, like, I think it's all. In his mind, it's the best way to do it. That's the only way he's doing. Mm. And so, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, like, like the 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 really interesting thing I I heard, but I haven't seen a breakdown of this yet, was that like all of the buildings across the street, all of those different rooms were all sets that were mm. all comped into that building, and that's why they're like so perfectly, you know, clear when you're shooting from a far a farther way, and and just. That's that's really impressive and, and insane in another way, um, yeah. and that, that and, yeah I heard the same thing. Like really even good. like even then in that scene, like uh, there's really only the other rooms that you see, they're only there for like a second or two of, of, of actual like time footage. The main uh, uh, focus is the hit, the room where the hit is going to take place. So like yeah, yeah there's like you know like a naked lady or whatever like a do reading or whatever like there for a second like did he really like. Film those separate rooms just for those yes. seconds. Like, why? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, yes. same thing with the bike. Like, do you, do you really do all that just for this one moment? <laughs> right. That's why to me right. it sounds like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe fun isn't the right word, but like, it's like different things. Like, kind of, I don't know. Like, playing with the, playing with the fucking the device. Definitely. Like, you know, that's, that's definitely I mean. playing. Like, yeah, definitely pushing technology and, and doing it all in a different way. And it's uh, it's it it he definitely has he has galaxy brain on how to do that movie because there's a version of this that is just a Europa core movie where they're just shooting long lens into the other building and you know that it's Jason Statham and like you know it, that's it so it, it is uh yeah it, 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 I think I think from a from a craft standpoint it is uh 
there there is a lot to be enjoyed from and gleaned and and uh even even like I do think it would be a much poorer movie if it was just an advertisement for this awesome killer. I think the fact that you like you said he is constantly goofing up and kind of messing up uh <laughs> helps take the piss out of what, you know, uh, I, I do think there's a sense of humor to it. I agree with you on that. I, I, I'm just talking about the execution. I think the movie yeah, is yeah. definitely a black comedy and they definitely think the character is a, is a bozo. And, uh, and, and they, you know, it's, that's all kind of in the layers, but um, yeah, I just, I just think Fincher takes himself very seriously. So I'm like, <laughs> even people were saying to him, like, is this a commentary about your own perfectionism? And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, last thing it's again, like I just as you mentioned already, um, great fight scene, definitely a um nominee for a best cinematic aspect of the year. Um, him or I, I, I get the actor's name, but uh, he's his character versus the character called it the brute. It's really great, like you know, physical, hard hitting, um, like slugfest, you know, like like in a, in a, in, a, in a house. So like you know, all like the furniture and the background stuff, like becoming a part of the scene itself. It's not just like two guys in a empty room. It's like you know they're using the house, they're using the all the all the little jagged edges and 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 bumps and grinds of close quarters combat is really shown to great effect here. Uh, yeah, really cool. Like and you know again, like again, his big character kind of sort of improvises what he uses to fight the the brute with. Yeah, just a really great fucking scene all together. And you know, like like you said, it's like it's somewhat obfuscated because it's dark, but like it's you you can you can, you can feel all the hits. The sound design is great. The sound design adds to it so much. And yeah, and again, like I guess fast render. Like I I haven't looked through the um. Fight choreography, yeah, but uh, just like for the most part, he's in, he's in the shots, you know. Do like he has a great like like a like a counter punch combo he you know, he does. It's really cool. Like you can tell he like trained that that specific moment. He, yeah, like, I really, mean, yeah, really his is. double take. I think it's his double, or if it's him, it takes a literal power bomb. Like there's an actual <laughs> power bomb in the fight. Yeah. I was like, whoa. So yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I yeah, do yeah do enjoy that. So you know, again, like uh, not really. Not really a recreation in the way of action movie, but like if you like, if you like, you want to see a kind of a weird take or a unusual spin on um, a well worn genre, I do recommend this. Checking this out, yeah. Nice. Um, Liam, you also, uh, I don't know if you watched or rewatched a, 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 in my opinion, a Jackie Chan classic, uh, because you took on super, you've been actually watching all of the police story movies over the last couple of weeks, right? Yes. Uh, so I uh, thank you, Mike. I yeah. It, I I think I told you guys that uh, the I feel like the Netflix uh, Indonesia just has like a more robust Jackie um, uh, catalog. I'm actually halfway through Super Cop. I watched half of it last night, but I watched part uh, Police Story Part Two, and you know which you know, pacing wise, I think I'm enjoying Super Cop more. But the third act of fucking Police Story Two is so fucking insane, and. Uh, and it does kind of in some ways make you uh, when you're in prep for uh, your own action movie, just be like, oh, oh, oh. But it did inspire me to be like, you know what? Let's just blow that thing up. And everyone's like, OK, I guess we'll blow it up. So uh, so I said that was a positive. It was between, a, you know, shooting something on a location and then shooting something in a place that we could control and then destroy said item at the end and i was like let's do that let's 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 blow that fucking thing up so thank you police story too <laughs> yeah the uh the whole warehouse fight at the end of police story two is uh I, i'm not a huge fan of police story two it's 
It's definitely my least favorite of the police yeah, story I movie. Mean, the, the, the girlfriend story is just like, come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's but, why when people are yelling at me about where, about watching the dub, I'm like, look, it's not exactly like I'm watching this thing for the story. It's 10 p.m. at night. I just want to like sit back and relax. I put the subtitles on and I enjoy seeing where the things are different. But it's like, you know, I mean, the, the, the story is like, oh, my annoying girlfriend. That's like, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not my favorite. <laughs> yep. Yep. And the annoying girlfriend is uh, uh, fucking Maggie Chung, which is just like insulting Such on a waste. so many Such levels. Such a waste of her. <laughs> um, but, playground, uh, but the, fight the, the, is, playground fight is also, of course, amazing. I yeah. Mean, there's there's amazing stuff throughout. Um, but yeah, the, the, the bad guy with the glasses that he just keeps getting hit in the glasses. Like, I got the joke. Um, but it, it's still, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, Super Cop is, uh, is definitely like Right from the beginning, that first fight where he's fighting the martial arts guy, uh, you know, the Chinese martial arts instructor, the camera started moving in a way that I was like, whoa, whoa, this is like feels so much more modern in in, in the, the, the camera work than the previous two. Um, so, yeah, really enjoying that. Yeah. And the, the third act of Super Cop is maybe the most unhinged third act of Jackie's entire career. So, um it's it's absolutely bananas um so you got that to look forward to great great yes no it's definitely definitely inspiring uh and 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 i've I've been enjoying it so thank you for bringing that up yeah you bet um vice what else have you seen that you want to talk about okay so a couple things uh well first just the movie uh, newest release of, of this week is um i saw napoleon um, you know, the really Scott's, you know, the, the mad genius at it again. Um, you know, but it's just like this crazy biopic, uh, loosely using that term biopic of, of course, the world famous, infamous uh, military leader of conquerors, what have you, Napoleon, starring Joaquin Phoenix. And uh, yeah, it's just wild, man. It's like, a, it kind of feels like a, if Gladiator, Gladiator was on like um the, the counselor spectrum, like it's just a weird, weird kind of weird fucked up movie because it's like, it's they're playing up the fact, or they're playing to the idea that um, Napoleon. Well, I guess the, I guess you could say the way they kind of frame the popular conception of the Napoleon complex is that he's a petulant child, and like it's like it's such a weird fucking like it's a weird fucking freak. <laughs> that's what he, you know, that's how he's being played in this movie. So you know, and they, they kind of it really it's about two and a half hours long, but it kind of really risk flies through the. Uh, you know the the big uh, 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 Cliff Notes version of Napoleon's history. There's barely any like actual like interrogation or explanation of like how he came to power or how or his skill. Like no no that none of that shit. It's all about him and his freak ass wife. Like, that's what it's about. <laughs> like and how that kind of. I, I read a review where they basically said that Napoleon's a cuck. Like that this is Ridley Scott uh, basically cucking Napoleon for for an entire. In, this, in the in the text of the film, actually, cause, like, I, I don't know I don't know if this is a true. Thing, but um, at one point, um, it becomes known that his wife is cheating on him, and they have a you see him reading a newspaper, and it says, uh, Bones is cucked, but like, like, it's like, like it says that in the, fucking, in the headline, like, yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> like the whole fucking country doing the cuckoo. This is a wild fucking movie, but yeah, like, it, like, there's no, there's really any kind of mention or deep dive into like the the tactical wizardry, it's just like a He's Napoleon, and you see montage or scenes 
from one phase to the next where he's, he's conquering or he's defeating people and then until mm-hmm. until of course his downfall. Like it just kind of happens. There's no like there's no there's no hey other for you about oh what a brilliant mastermind. No, none of that shit. It's just like a this guy's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> it's like but, then, but it's part of like kind of the um I guess the if there was a thematic through line to it all, probably but like, I don't think I, I don't think it really is a thing about that this movie. Just like having fun with this like weird fucking thing. Similar to the killer actually. He's just having fun with this fucking weird fucking character. But like if there's any like cohesive through line, it's like um the maker's history are all are all a bunch of like slimy, swarmy fucks. Like they're all like fucking gross people. Like that's kind of how our history is how the world is made. You know, like everyone from like Napoleon himself to like um all the uh French aristocrats and politicians. Um and they kind of replace certain, I guess, famous or historical moments like the like the uh, the coup that takes place when Napoleon kind of officially comes to power. Um, you know, he gets like the, the help of well, he aids other politicians to get the, like the majority vote and become like the I forget what they called the prime council or whatever it's called. And that scene in particular where he where he does that is like a, it is a crazy ass like brawl in the in the um voting hall and it, and uh someone posted posted a video earlier uh, um this this weekend um a clip from uh Barry Lyndon Lyndon yeah, Barry Lyndon um and I've from what I understand or really Scott is it obsessed with the movie. Like it's like Kubrick's uh, Berlin and like a he's obsessed, with, he's obsessed with the film. It's a, it's a famous scene in that film where um kind of it's very I guess stoic or or, or stayed for most of its runtime. Then like a, a fight breaks out and it's like, it's like the funniest thing you've ever seen. Like again, it's like a punch to the kidneys and it's very much it's a very much a scene that feels directly influenced by that that moment where you see Napoleon kind of like a the kind of this tense meeting of Tim they're realizing this is a coup. He's trying to steal the votes. And that fucking fight breaks out. He's like, no, he's like, he's like, he's like, help me, help, and then moi. It's it's hilarious. But again, it's like you know, this is like, but this is like a serious fucking moment in history. Like this is when this is when the conqueror comes to into true form. But it's played as like this fucking like, what a sick, what a sick joke this world is that this is this is how these things happen. You know, these fucking morons in a room with guns, or with with the backing of a of military force projection make the world run by this stupid shit. So I, 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 think that, I think that scene kind of in particular like encapsulates what the movie's kind of going for. So then, you know, you see all this like, you, you see um, Napoleon kind of just being full of himself throughout the film. Um, and again, they don't explain why, it just, it just is. He's a great fucking leader and that's it. And people are like, fuck it, okay. But he's also like a, fucking, a weird fucking loser. Like, uh, and the whole dynamic with, with being him and Josephine, his wife, um, you know, and he's like, she's like, Got him straight up fucked in the head. He's like, it's this by the ball, but, but but although they play it where like um, there's a dynamic where they both are very cruel to each other and mistreat each other psychologically, and then kind of that that rolls into how he how he acts. You know, he's like trying to like be bigger than he is, I think like mentally so forth. But um, yeah, he's, he's and it comes out as him him be a cruel dick, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, it's really interesting like that just to see that that take on this this character. You know, definitely not like a. There's definitely not a. Again, not a hagiography. Not, not a. There's no um, celebration of fucking. This really a fuck. No, it's like this guy's a fucking loser. But like, he just happens to be a great military war leader. And, and also, yeah. Um, it was. I mentioned. Um, oh, people mentioned it's totally historically inaccurate. And if you believe any of the bullshit in this movie, you're probably like already like a fucking tin hat full like piece of gate truther like. You're 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 already that kind of person who will believe any kind of bullshit. 
the, the, the it make the movie makes it very clear that most of this is bullshit. It's, it's like pretty obvious. Like even if you don't like uh, he shoots the pyramids. He's like you know I guess the um the cultural myth is that he shot the sphinx's face off, whatever to prove a point, whatever. Or like no, he shoots the actual fucking pyramid. He shoots the great pyramid of Giza. Like like if that happened, they wouldn't be there anymore. Like they would be gone now. Like it's very obvious this is bullshit. <laughs> And so, like, yeah, like this, all the stuff he does is just like a great, like, again, it's it seems like it's maybe trying to do do um, myth making, um, uh, heightened mythology, but no, it's like all it's just to the surface stuff. This guy's a fucking loser, it, it, despite all his quote unquote great efforts or whatever. He's still just like, a, and all the characters around him, they keep referring to him as a uh, a Corsican thug. He's like he's just some like fucking like yeah, kind of again reinforcing in the. He's not. I guess if not, he wanted he to, he was French. He, were, he was Corsican, so it was yeah, it was a different... right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like he's like uh, he could kind of other in that way. And I guess if you wanted to, if you were that hard to like find a um fucking um allegory, you could kind of see this like 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 a kind of Trump thing where like you know he's just like this big man baby, this like big fucking like schoolyard bully, but he becomes like this great fucking leader. So if you wanted to, you could see it like that. But no, it's not. It's not. It's not a fucking Trump allegory. It's not a fucking. It's just that. It's just again. It's like all. I'm Most, sure that I'm sure that was probably in some pitch meeting at some point, but yeah, it's definitely an influence. I think I, I definitely think Hawking took like like comes like personality into consideration in Napoleon. Like uh, like yeah, uh, he, he's he's yelling at the at the British uh, envoy. He's like, uh, you guys think you're so great because you have boats. Like he's like a, like, a, like a little petulant child, and he's got a talk like that too. You're like, so yeah, I definitely think there's an influence. I like, like kind of the, our modern like stupid politicians like that but like it's not again it's not a direct one-to-one -one thing it's like it's like again it's that these men of power are fucking themselves <laughs> and somehow some way we, we keep letting them do this shit you know as throughout history <laughs> yeah i mean i gotta say when you were talking about it it started to like it, it kind of killed some of my enthusiasm of of uh at first because i'm like i mean like it you know i it, it kind of sounds well actually i would actually what how would you contrast it to oliver stone's alexander like because i actually really i haven't seen alexander but what? um the, yeah, war, the war reporter has not seen alexander so <laughs> alexander uh i've seen all of the cuts i'm like kind of obsessed with the movie it's not a good it's not a i wouldn't say it's not it's it, i don't feel like the movie succeeds at what it's achieving but i feel like mm. it has moments that are great um, but it does do this one scene, this one set piece where he really tries to tell you how an ancient battlefield like worked and he like will mm -hmm. cut between the different fronts and the philosophies of like when you're doing the chariot charge and everything. And I'm like, I fucking love that sequence. I don't know, Mike, have you seen that movie? Do you, do you remember that? Yeah. Sequence? Yeah, I do. I do. It's I, I would agree with your take on it. I think I don't think the movie succeeds, but I think there's like every Oliver Stone movie, there's moments of brilliance within right. it. Like and if that scene all that, you'd be like, whoa, like it is it is like a Ridley Scott movie, but it's 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 a little bit more like OCD organized in the, in the stone like cocaine brain where it's like this is what's happening here. And I was I've never seen a movie that like gives you title cards of which side of the front you're on to to let this battle unfold so that battle in itself i think is one of the best battles ever filmed but like the rest of the movie is just like you know you got 
you got Colin Farrell and and uh, and and uh, our, our girl, the Star Wars lady. Um, my brain's Ro- Rosario Dawson. Yeah, they're 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 like like making tiger faces at each other as they, they <laughs> have sex, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Uh, well, but it was well, still, I'll, 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 still this, got um, to see Rosario Dawson have sex. So again, you should see the movie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, as far as the actual like combat goes on screen, it's this is still really Scott. It still it still looks great. But again, it's like a more of a Cliff Notes version of, of Napoleon's battles. Even like the, the I forget the name, but the the again the uh, the myth of him using a, a frozen lake to drown the enemies, which probably I don't know, I, I probably didn't happen that way. But like again, it's like the, the Cliff Notes version of this probably kind of sort of whatever, right? I mean, he so, was like famed for being like a, a master strategician at that time. It was almost like he would say, like, you know, I'd already won the battle before it was over. And yeah. A lot of times it happened that way. So that's why I was like, it seems like an interesting way to show his strengths and then show his weaknesses. But it seems like the movie's like, nah, he's a fucking, he's a fucking. Well, I, I guess the thing is, the, the, what the movie does is um, most of the, his enemies, they over they underestimate him. So, like, right. um, when he does like, an actual like, cool maneuver, it's like, oh, shit. Like, it's like, it's, oh, it's almost obvious to you as, you as a viewer, like, of course he would do that. So like, I guess, I guess the way they kind of frame it is that um, uh, for his time, people he was ahead of his time, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, for the kind of like logical form of tactics, um, but just so like in one battle, well, like in the fir- in the first the first battle where he kind of gets gets famous, um, he decides I'm, go- I'm going to use um fire mortars to help uh, kind of like uh flush out this uh, base, and he says if we take if we take this base, we don't have to take the whole city. Like the base is why we're th- the bridge are there. So like you kind of see, oh, like he's kind of thinking. The movie lets you know that for his time, he's thinking outside outside the box, and also, but also thinking um, how to use the tools he had at the time in different ways, or you know, like you kind of, you kind of you get you get why he's good yeah. kind of, only because if, if only because everyone else either underestimates him or they just don't think uh, creatively, basically. <laughs> so yeah, so, so yeah, that for battle, like actual battles are fucking. They're bloody as fuck. I'm like, I, like, I kind of forgot that really has that, that blood streak in them, you know, like that bloodlust. Like the first, the literal first shot of the movie, as in the first uh, volley, he, he kills the fuck out of a horse. Like the horse gets like, obliterated. <laughs> like, like, you know, yeah, that, that, you know, no animals were harmed in making this for, I hope so, because that horse got fucked up. Like, like, like glue factory fucked up. It was great. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I, I guess, um, so maybe maybe to better make it clear, like um, it's more of a comparison to maybe something like um, it kind of feels like uh, it's very much in line with uh, the Anushi movie, uh, Death of Stalin, like it's where it's about like again, it's like it's very serious stuff about history happening, but it's kind of displayed in this very absurd way. So the movie is probably that where you see like these very real, like you know, like. There's Stalin, of course, you know, like, like dealing with that, that uh, the vibe for power when Stalin dies. And it's like a really intense, like, power struggle, but it's like for laughs. And there's, nothing, there's some of that here as well, but uh, it's kind of, I don't know, what I mean, like, when that happens, it's absurd, but then, like, um, the actual, like, real, raw, like, uh, uh, they saw that, that first battle scene, yes, but they also saw, like, him, like, um, during the um, insurrection, as it were, the royalist insurrection, him straight up murdering civilians with cannon fire, like, it doesn't shy away from that part either, and you see them like, you see, again, you see them get fucked up, like the, the shrapnel. He, there are like bloody parts everywhere. It's like, it's like, wow, fuck. It's like again, you don't, you almost don't expect to see it coming, but it's like, yeah. And again, that's like kind of 
emphasizing this, the this the brutality of this guy like he's just a fucking without a, without a thought as like a child so um previously like doing this I will I'll I'll fuck it I'll, I'll kill anybody um so yeah like yeah someone like someone like like um the seriousness of the last duel the, yeah the last duel no no, no sorry uh the one he's recently with uh Adam Driver and um Matt Damon. That was the last duel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Okay. So it's kind of like that. Where like um, there's a ser- there's serious gravity to the situation, with also but also has some like black comedy in it. It's a little more like that kind of thing. So like between last duel, like they you know that's all, and like that's kind of where it lives at. This kind of absurdist black humor, but it's still like a very serious matter going on. Both uh, as far as like him being a conqueror, but also his his internal life and just him being a a dick to his wife. <laughs> like all that kind of comes together. So you know, yeah. So yeah, it's a very strange vibe, but I really like. I, Bob, I really enjoyed. Uh, I think nobody, nobody else, but really could do it just quite like this, you know, sure. with the skill that it has. Because the battles still are, you know, they're still big battles. It's still big. There's still like thousands plus dudes in the field on horses, like doing shit. It's still like there. You know? It's very clear, you know, CG, CG enhancements, of course, but like there's still dudes on horses getting fucked up. So it's, 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 it still has that feel to it. Yeah, overall, yeah, it's like, again like so similar to the killer. It's um. Hard to recommend, like as a pure like war epic or a pure like you know political drama. But like, if you again, if you want, if you like, if you want to twist that kind of thing you've seen before, it's like a winner like fucking Ridley Scott. This is the one for you. Say, uh, yeah, so I, I like this one a lot. It's it's Bozo Cinema Month, and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do want to point out there is one one crucial difference between Death of Stalin and Napoleon that is very relevant for this podcast, which is. One of them has Olga Kurilenko in it, and the other one does not. So I just, <laughs> just want people to know if you're having to choose between the two, Death of Stalin is the way you want to go. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, yes. <laughs> uh, Mike, um, I, I do yeah. because because uh, you know you said you, you didn't get much of a backlog this week. I did want to uh, give you your flowers on the uh, the last episode with uh, with Larnell. I think I think it was actually, you know, I. I don't know. I can't speak for Vice, but I haven't seen those series really. I saw the pilot for Altered Carbon, so I, I felt like I would have just gotten in the way. So hearing it was like it was the cleanest version of it, and you guys got so deep into geeking out. And Larnell has like so much juice on the way that he approaches action and the way that he wants to twist things up. And he starts pitching, uh, you know, the Scott Atkins, Michael J. Jai White movie. Uh, but you did give me agita when you guys start talking about my movie. <laughs> like, uh, wow, you know, you can't have another one fall apart. I'm like walking around cleaning my house and all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, bud. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think about that. Sorry, buddy. Um, it's every time yeah, I'm listening to the pod and I'm not on it and then I get mentioned. I'm always like, ah, what, what the, ah, ah, it's, always, it's always a kill shot. Um, no, no, it was, it was, it wasn't meant to be a kill shot. It was meant to, you know, because no, Larnell... no, 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 I, I, I know, yeah, I know. I, everything you guys were talking about made made complete sense, and uh, and everything he was talking about on on philosophies on on stuff, I was like, yeah, that's kind of what what I'm I'm trying to do right now. Um, so I, it's actually weird because I did uh, shout out to uh, Lindsay and Max. I did the uh, shock and awe podcast that last week because they they were you know they're overseas in uh, australia and uh, the netherlands so we recorded at like 4 p.m and then uh and so that's the only thing i've talked about warpath on since it got 
announced. Haven't even talked about it on A4E. Um, it kind of came out a little sooner than uh, wanted, but I'm here in Indonesia, obviously, and you guys are following me on the Discord and Instagram. We're, we're in prep. Um, not going to really update anything else at this time, except that I'm very, very happy with yeah. how things are going. Very, very happy with the cast and uh, and the team and 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 uh, so far so good and um, yeah, really, uh, yeah, just just fingers crossed, everybody, because I feel like yeah. it could really be uh, it could really be something that feels uh, a free the movie in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> in in many many ways um yeah yeah no it's um it's again i i won't say anything else about just having read the script that you've written it's fucking great man i'm i cannot wait so um you know it might only appeal it it might only appeal to the you know 85 people in our discord but those 85 people are gonna fucking love it (laughs) (laughs) What are, you, what are you talking about? It's going to catch fire. It's the next uh, <laughs> next wave. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think it. Uh, yeah, I have a lot to say about it, uh, and a lot uh, a lot of thoughts on on um, on on craft corner. But I just want to get a little bit closer before before we get there. But um, yeah, if you guys are following on Instagram and stuff like today, uh, shout out to Zachy, uh, my my first AD. I'm gonna have we actually have two first ads on this for different reasons, but uh, Zachy is like, "Hey, I'm here this weekend if you want to get some extra work in." And so, uh, you know, we worked this weekend just going through schedule and shot list, and uh, then we went out to a great seafood dinner at Noxa Beach, my favorite place, my happy place that we would go uh, <laughs> in Beyond Skyline, and uh, had some bintongs and had some steamed fish, and I was so happy. And then I came home to my house being ransacked by a varmint. So. <laughs> Uh, it's an up and down day, <laughs> up and down day. but, um, uh, but overall good vibes. And, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, I do want to just say that shout out first of all to Lindsay. She's, she's the best of all of us. She's amazing. But I listened to that episode and, um, it was great. You did great. I, you know, I've been on that podcast a half a dozen times, but I do want to encourage people to listen to it because I thought, uh, I really like, and this isn't saying anything about Warpath, but I really liked what you had to say about making beyond and realizing as you're making it, Hey, I've got these guys, I've got eco, I've got Yaya and I've got these guys. I really need to just get the fuck out of the way and let them do what they do. Like I brought them on here to do what they do. And, you know, we talk about that so much when we talk about other movies about why the fuck do you bring you know, Larnell on and then don't let him do Larnell Stovall things. And so I just, it was interesting to hear that from your perspective of, of yeah, as the director. I, mean, realizing. I, think, I think I talked about like the, that, that, the, 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 like my own poor communication skills at the time, because I w- hadn't made an action movie before and they had only really worked with Gareth and, and done the, their bit in star Wars. So it was sort of like, um, like where, where is the line? Like how much should work should I be doing? How much work should they be doing? So, um, they were just sending me the choreo and kind of wide shots. And then it was like figuring that stuff out. And then as we went, it became kind of more cooperative, but because of that process and how, uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. 
it did allow me like some trial and error, I guess. Whereas um, if I had maybe just started and had like a really experienced like 8711 stunt team who gave me the video boards and I just kind of like, I maybe wouldn't have learned as much. You know what I mean? So I do, yeah. I do think it was, it was good because I had to like, um, we both had to feel each other out, but now being said and having, you know, made another movie with a different stunt team and then coming back to them where they have done all these big Hollywood productions and stuff, but it still was me going to them this time and saying, um, I really want to empower you guys and, and almost in a way, you know, that they never have before. And, uh, and so, you know, they, they were so excited to hear that and they're kind of like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 exactly. Like, you know, we're looking at the video boards. I, we, I make notes on the boards, but it's still like 90 to 99% great on the first pass. And, uh, and it's like, okay, we're going to film drama into this point. And then we're going to bring in the action cam. And I want, uh, you know, Yandi, who has been filming all of these video boards for weeks and uh, frankly has been filming video boards, you know, for a decade plus, he's going to be the camera operator. And um, and they're like, oh, you know, like that, that that's not something that anyone else has, has kind of trusted them on to do. Um, but again, we do this podcast and I'm here these other people and hear how it's done. And then talking to very, very experienced action actor, producer, filmmakers and saying that that's exactly what they want to hear. So, um, so yeah, it, 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 it just feels really good to get a second chance, I guess, in some ways to, mm -hmm. to do that and, and, and kind of do it the right way. And even on my shot list, like to look through the video board, but I'll also make lists of like, okay. I'm going to get an insert here of, uh, of Eco's face because he just killed this guy. And so I know the action's really good, but I still want to get one reaction here where he can like emotionally reckon with the fact that he just murdered someone um, instead of just so, so like, we're still going to get this extra shot and whether or not that flows or whatever, like I still want to get that. Cause I'll get it. You know, this, this just broke a prop. So we need to get that and this there. So there's like little shots that you have to, also add for story in case people miss it because if you're just floating around in the wide you might miss that this thing has happened but uh it, it feels really good to kind of know how to do that now whereas before <laughs> i was just like i guess i i guess i'm gonna figure this out and uh <laughs> and i and i also think like when you're when you're young this would be to any any um and any starting filmmakers is that you're going to be usually paired with an older AD and they're going to want you to do these long running masters. Like you're making a play on the set. And that is good for the AD because they get to cross off a big scene and they move you through it. But it's kind of, it's not always the best for uh, the filmmaking and the cast. And sometimes it's good to just break up these little scenes into like parts that you can get the master, you can get that stuff and then you can move on to the next part. Instead of like, like say, say there's a scene where um, two characters have to like hide something before a crowd comes down the stairs and you're like, okay, we'll just do this master. You're going to hide it. The whole crowd's going to come down. It might be better to do the master and two punch on those two characters and clean up that business before you bring all these other actors into the set. And I think that sometimes like in your first time where you just do it on this long one 
and there's all these little notes that you're going to have at the beginning of the take, but then all the other actors come in and they do the rest of the scene. And there's a million other things that you need to fix. And you fucking forgot about the stuff at the beginning. So I think sometimes it's like breaking these big scenes up into, uh, you know, chunks like parts is, is really, really helpful. And um, you know, it, everyone's motive is slightly different. Everyone wants to make their day, but you need to edit this thing together. You need to have it all make sense. Uh, and, and, and sometimes it, it's just better to have it in these bite-sized things, which is kind of the way they do the video ports. You know what I mean? Like an AD will want you to just do a master of a whole fight. And it's not really how you get the best work. You know, you, you it's better to get shot by shot, nail the shot, nail the edit, move on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that, and I think that's pretty consistent with, you know, a lot of the choreographers that we've had on people like Andy and Larnell and stuff all, I think basically, you know, Larnell continually talked about how he, he wants to actually take the the fight scene away from the editor, you know? So he basically right. shoot the exact footage that he needs of the fight and not, not in a master that will allow the editor to, to chop it up, but it's like, Nope, you got this part, you got this part, you got this part. And that's all you're getting, put it together. Yes. Um, and that, and that's like for the fight and for the edit, for me, it's like, it's, it's, it's figuring out. Cause I like pace. If you, you know, I like, I like to pace things up. It's generally like we go through it past and then I'll just keep trying to get up to the tempo to maybe where it feels almost too fast and then pull it back. And, um, and so, you know, in that edit, like if you, you do want to do these punches on people's faces and on those inserts when you're, you know, in drama, not in action where you can cheat time, cheat shoe leather, get that, get those things away. But, um, it just, it's just that experience of, of going through it has been so helpful for me that like, you know, I start to get, when you're in pre-production, they put a number on the wall on how many days until production. And it kind of, it feels like the, you know, the walk into the gallows a little bit. Cause you're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Slow March to death. <laughs> yeah. But I try to break it up in my brain to be like thinking about it as short films. Like each section of the film is like a short and it's like, okay, this opening 15 minutes is like, this is a short, I can understand all that this part where this other actor's coming in, that's kind of all focused on him and that's in this one location and we can figure all that stuff out and just kind of break everything up. And, and, you know, hopefully by the end, you've got a movie, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, that, I guess that's it. Uh, sorry for the rant, but uh, I, I felt like uh, people kind of were curious. So I, I wanted to talk yeah. a little bit about it. No, I think that's, I think that's good. I think, we can we can work our way towards the end here but vice i know you absolutely want to talk about blue-eyed samurai so take it away oh yeah yeah so your last thing for today um media wise this is i, I fucking love this show uh, blue-eyed samurai on netflix a um eight episode miniseries um an anime 3d uh hybrid 2d animation um samurai revenge tale um and, and the kind of the baseline of it all is pretty straightforward what makes it great is the little details of it all, plus the animation itself. Uh, so in this story, the Blue Samurai, the titular Samurai, her name is Mizu, played by uh, Maya Erskine, as a voice actress. Um, she's a she's a product of like a you know a sexual assault um, back in this is ancient well Edo era Japan, sixteen hundreds. So when they were all literally like the first white uh, people to um encounter, encounter the the country, and so there's these 
sees a product of a sexual assault between one of them and a, a Japanese uh, woman. And so in, in this culture, in this era, they emphasize that um, any kind of mixed blood or whatever is, is cursed or is a demon. So all her life, she's been ostracized, you know, cast out. Um, but then uh, she finds solace in a, a refuge with a sword, sword, sword maker. And uh, in this way, she kind of plots her revenge to um, get revenge on for her existence, essentially. Plus the, you know, the taking of her mother, you know, uh, which she's going to find and kill these white men who came in and, and plundered her land. And so, uh, so it kind of, you know, a very, very kind of similar uh, design or, or a thought process, like a lot of um, old school, like uh, the Chambara or um, uh, Jireki, like Japanese um, period dramas with samurais and swords like that. Um, but it's just, it's definitely very much a, um, like its character and like its kind of design. Everything about it is the, inf the mixes of influences that becomes its own unique thing. Um, this is from the writer of uh, Logan and Blade, uh, Blade Runner for Nine, so it's like has this kind of pedigree to it, honestly. Um, it's like a very serious. It's like it's not just some like Ken Fodder like, like PG thirteen plus blood show. It's like a very serious, real drama, like kind of, kind of again, influence echoing like stuff like you know the um old uh, Shogun miniseries back in the day, or the novel I mean to say, and miniseries like it's it's very much that thought behind it. It's a real epic drama um but then it's so the cat you, you experience this character who's ostracized and and um treated like shit basically by the by everyone she encounters and then that kind of erupts into these beautiful displays of bloodshed like it's so one of the big key things that about this for, for acting perspective uh, I posted I posted a link to one of the um, Netflix uh, uh, behind the scenes clips. So what they did here is um, instead of simply just um, motion capture, like reading motion capture, but also instead of just like um, what's I guess reference animation, where you see you have a a real person who does like a action or movement, like like kung fu stances, or a, they do a they do a action scene, then the artist kind of just uh, use that reference to draw it. Instead of just those two things, it's like they got a full blown fight. Choreography team, uh, it's led by this is a uh, Sunny Sun. Um, they get a full team to do a full previs of fight sequences, and then they use that previs to direct. They direct, they directly incorporate it into the animation. They kind of draw it again, beat for beat, just as the um, chore coordinators did, the stunt coordinators did, and it's it's fucking flawless, it's seamless, it's it's, it's beautiful. Like it, it's it, it it's it's I guess it's a it's a three D animation uh models characters but it at times it looks like a it looks like fucking old school like disney animation like you know from the masters back in the 80s 90s it looks beautiful um so yeah so it's right all the series you kind of see her um the character mizu also oh, and the other thing is um the character mizu she has to be in disguise not just to discuss her mixed race but discuss the fact that she's a, a woman so she's the character the samurai is walking around as a, dressed and presenting as a man so and that kind of, and so along with the cool action, a lot of what it's doing that's so like unique, so like special that um, it very much incorporates the feelings of being ostracized, the feelings of uh, being other, the feelings of being subjugated, um, and uses that to kind of weave the story. There's a she, one of her allies is a um disabled cook. He's a, he's a chef with no hands, literally. He's born without hands, 
and you see him he uses like his little tools um to like kind of get through life he, like in the first episode he kind of he's uh, he she gets to a, a fight she, she kind of slashes the guy up and the the, the cook uh, is like wow he's, she, i want to be like her i want to be a hero and she she kind of says to him you have no hands you can't fight and he says to her with his hands up or his his stumps up he's like my, my whole life was a battle it's like wow well, well, like this is like from that moment i was like okay this is, this is for real like this is like going somewhere with this and so yeah the whole story like the other other characters that she encounters are who are part of the, the integral part of the uh overall story of this um the overall story being or the overall uh end point being like there's a, a plot to um take over the shogunate and how she gets involved in this in this plot which is like a, there's a young, young princess involved there's a um young swordsman who wants to be a lord like they get become integral to the plot and that kind of that theme of um being either disabled or ostracized um in your own different ways is kind of developed throughout the story so you see all of them kind of fighting their social social or physical disadvantages and how they overcome that each of them has their own like battle whether it be a fucking bloody sword fest or like an actual game of wits and it's like it's it's, it's a really well thought out um drama about how this this, this conflict they keep kind of get over um so yeah i just yeah this is this is like the top this is like emmy award stuff like uh, the episode five you kind of want to see her true origin quote unquote of like how she really came to be like they kind of explain yeah you know she was a kid and uh, they 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 they, uh, they raped her, her parents and her mother and now she has to go to revenge but there's a kind of a deeper review of how she, she how she became the blue eyed samurai in episode five and that's just that's like fucking emmy awarding stuff going on in this in this episode it's like that it's it's that level of, of quality and again like you see it with the animation you see the storytelling you see with the, the way it's paced the way it's edited the way it's cut together all that stuff is like beautiful stuff it's like high this is high caliber television um it's not just like some like netflix streaming crap this is like this is like legit so yeah uh so i don't want to spoil too much for you. i just say like it's i'm saying it, it is a time investment it's uh, eight episodes and the first episode is an hour long the rest are about 45 minutes plus so again it's not just some like cheap show it's like a real it's a real show I'm like that's what i'm trying to emphasize people it's like it's a real drama it's not just some shit you see on netflix it's, like, it's, a, it's, it's a legit show but it's definitely well worth the time this is quality time investing to see this check us out you'll take your take time if you want to but, but, but most people I've seen that who have saw it, who watched it have been to it like all through because like it was just, it was just so captivating. It was like edgy kind of stuff going on. But yeah, just um, it's really like the, again back to the action, really inventive stuff. Like uh, the fact that uh, yeah, I don't, this one I won't spoil, but uh, the way she hides herself and then uses that disguise to become a weapon. It's, it's always like really creative, inventive like action stuff. Like you just you, that takes advantage of being animated. Like honestly, like um. It's almost like this story couldn't be told any other way. Like the way they used certain like uh, weapons or certain movements to create this really, really great spectacle of action. There's like, there's like a cool like dungeon like dungeon um, infiltration scene going on too, like the spikes and wires, wires and stuff like all this stuff. Like really inventive stuff that really couldn't be told or displayed any other way. Like, like as cleanly and as as effectively, you know, it, it would it would seem like too much of a joke. It was love action, or whatever. Um, but you know, here's something like, you, just, you, you really get a sense of the danger and everything about it. Plus, again, the uh, kind of the, the emotional turmoil of it all, of these characters having to fight against the world, like uh, in a in a larger philosophical sense, as well as like actually like fatty, literally fighting. You know, is literally the one versus hundred battle at one point. So it's like it's that too. So all that comes together in this show. So yeah, I, I won't say too much more the plot wise, but just um, yeah, this is really like, this is really uh, something special to see. Like I and it kind of came out of nowhere. 
which is the craziest thing about it all. You know, and, you know Netflix infamously doesn't prove their shit, but like uh, this is like uh, it's like surprised like Dark Horse of the Year for me. Like it's kind of kind of nowhere. Um, you know, I mentioned the pedigree. You know, the writer. You know, Logan. Um, I was really sent out to um shout out to uh, Jane Wu. She's kind of a interesting interesting um career. Um, she did like storyboard. She she does a she's primarily a storyboard artist. She's also an actual martial artist in her in her real life, and she's done like um fight stunt choreography, stunt coordination as well. She's she's uh, in several of the uh, Marvel films, the first Avengers movie, um Guardians of the Galaxy. She's has she Spider Verse, um but also you know but she that pedigree goes way back goes way back to um when she did uh she was part of the team of uh things like a uh, big guy and Rusty the, the Boy Robot the early two thousands show, um the Jackie Chan Adventures like that's she was in that so like her pedigree from that action-oriented kids animation to her stuff in the, in the current era with like modern big blockbusters kind of all comes to a head with this show where like it's like i don't know it's like a kind of a masterstroke or a masterpiece or a moment of this is this artist's kind of essence this really great animation plus this kind of unique story with this really like real it's really um authentic heritage to it so yeah i i won't say anymore just i i, I highly recommend it's like one of the best things seen all year, like movie, TV, or otherwise. You know, this is like, yeah. Even with having Warriors final season this year, that like, it was great. This is like this. This just blew me away. Like really, like it's like which kind of reminded me when I first saw Warrior. Like this, like oh shit, like I could I couldn't believe what I was seeing that there was just like just, just something this of a higher quality uh, on just, just on TV. Really, that that that, that that's action oriented and action focused, while still having um really really grounded, really powerful um narrative elements to it. So yeah, 100%. You got to check out uh, Blue Eyes Samurai. Or you can, you know, take, take your time or be true, whatever you want. It's, it's going to be good either way. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. And I know Liam hasn't, but um, I'm, you know, I was already sold on it, but you extra yeah. sold me on it. So uh, hopefully. Yeah, I, I would out. say it's, it's um, more, I'm more sold on that than like, like Castlevania or any of the other cartoons you've been yeah. peddling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that, that one actually shows. sounded really, really compelling. So I, I would say, like, I'm like, I'm not watching Castlevania, but this, this <laughs> yeah, and anyway, just uh, definitely, I, you know, I joke about the you know, car- kids' cartoons. This is definitely not for children at all. It's like actual cock out. Like it's like straight up. Like again, it's a real show, real drama. It's not for the left. Well, no, I was already sold, like, but now it hangs dong. I'm totally in. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like it's part of the again. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of rambling now. It's that's part of the. I saw some shit. It's okay, on I don't need the dong to be thematic or not. Just dong is okay. No, no, but like, yeah, yeah. No, I, I kind of want to. I, I didn't want to say this. Like, um, I saw some shit. On, you know, those little YouTube reviews, like the you what do you call it, thumbnails, and there's videos where I actually you know YouTube fucking dudes, um. They're praising the show, but one of the thumbnails says, "Um, I, I, I don't want to say this, but like, I want to make sure I want to get this point across." Okay. It says, "Woke done right," oh. and like, it, it's the stuff I mentioned before, like that. Um, the matter stuff about being subjugated, like that's why it's so well. But like, it's kind of like a, it, uh, what's that thing? Like a if, if if they made like a aliens like now like today, people call it woke, but it's, it's the same shit. Is this, is this a good story? Woke, has, woke done right is actually kind of funny. Like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would actually like to know like what what the those morons would put in that category because it would be it would be kind of humorous. 
Yeah, because I, I don't know. It's some shit about, you know, some shit, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But like, they, I, they'd be I, like, I no, Aliens mean... is woke done right. And this <laughs> is not woke done. This is woke. This is force fed woke. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I know. I'm, I'm joking, but I, I really didn't want to. I hesitate to really talk about that kind of stuff. It's like, I don't want to taint what's great about the show itself. You know, like, it's, it's like, again, it's that, it's that classic. It is like, it is like you know fucking all the great heroines and great stories are against you know oppression or against like you know overcoming great odds it's a that classic lineage is not some like it's not just some like you know fad fad bullshit it's like actually again once again real fucking show so yeah yeah i definitely would recommend checking it out with all that in mind you know but you know plus cox so yeah all right well i have had a about as much as I can take of staring into my phone to record this. So my eyes are going a little crossways. My, Mike uh, has just looked like just grumpy this episode. He's just not happy. <laughs> it's like we've taken away his, his command center. Uh, so I, I feel bad. Um, no, yes. you, you, well, it's, you didn't take it away. Nobody took, nobody. No, took away I, my I understand. I understand. I'm just, yeah. You, you know, I'm also, but you know how it is too. Like, you're stressing because all I'm thinking about is I should be fixing my computer right now instead of talking to these meatheads. But of course, I love you guys, and <laughs> and and I'm in a much better mood now after talking to you than I was when my computer blew up an hour and a half ago. So, um, oh, wait. Um, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, before we go, you said meatheads. Uh, Liam, shout out to you for the motivation and stuff. Well, like the again, do the Discord every get cool workout tips. Um, so yeah, I just want to tell you guys. Um, I was doing exercise recently because I was because I almost died before. Now I gotta like not die. So to exactly. not die, I gotta doing get the midnight gym. Yeah, midnight gym, fucking awesome. Like the gym is twenty four five, so like every Monday to Friday, twenty four hours. Nobody there. I had the whole shit to myself. The squat racks and the everything. So I've been trying to work up to my strength back to normal levels, quote unquote. So I did. Uh, this is now me. Sorry, my sorry, Mike. It's all me. Shit. I was doing a no, five by fives about two, two. No, what I say? Yeah, five by fives to twenty fives. They deadlift, uh, bench, and squat and stuff like that. Uh, I was trying to get to three fifteen. Uh, three fifteen, one rep max. Need to those three lifts. So yesterday, well, what's up, what did I say? Sunday. So on Friday, I pulled a fucking four hundred and five pound deadlift twice. Yeah, like, I've the thing, the thing, Vice. When I do the deadlifts, it looks heavy. It looks like I'm straining. You're doing it, and I'm like, you're not close to max yet. This is like unbreakable. Like you can keep going. I, I, I want <laughs> to see how heavy this this can go because they're just so clean and easy looking. I'm like, okay, okay, what's going on here? Like, yeah, you you can definitely deadlift a ton. Yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know I could do that. Honestly, like, I was like. I really surprised myself. I was like, I, yeah, because all my all this, no, because like literally, like um, they, they, as early as recently as um March this year, I was struggling with this the two twenty five the two you know two fifteen side deadlift. And I was I was I was really sad. I was like, I'm never gonna get back to my old youthful strength. Then now I just did like the heaviest I've ever done in my life. Yeah, like, I, I don't, it, it's amazing. The mind muscle connection has uh, is kicked in. Those hammies are engaged. <laughs> so yeah, I said yeah. I just want to let people know, you know, I, I'm feeling much better after like again, you know, I had the weird hospital still going on in the summertime. But I feel a lot better now, you know. I'm I'm doing well, um, and I really you know focusing on exercise again. Thanks to everybody on the, on the Discord and just in, in general on the online. 
gave me support and then like just little tips and stuff like that and just like you know being there for me so like really 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 like i was wearing my my a free shirt when i was doing the lifts cause, like I know. I, I, I feel you guys. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say this. I feel you guys' power when I'm doing this stuff. Like <laughs> I really feel like that's how, why I did this. Like I could like feel y'all like giving me strength. It's pretty crazy, man. I, I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm serious, man. It was uh, great. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I was like, wait, what? 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 And then and then the 405 just too easy, and you're just like, he does a little hot damn with his hand. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Although to be fair, like, like I was saying, like I'm like um. Five foot nothing, so I, I think I have like a uh, leverage advantage for deadlifts. <laughs> like I'm, I'm already so close to the ground. You, you got to play the cards you're dealt. Who who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's the lifts, the lift counts. Yep, yeah. yep, exactly. It's the pounds that matter. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, Liam, you uh, you are varmint free. Where can people find you online? Uh, the the uh, the a free Discord. Uh, where I'm. Uh, Dealing, yeah. Uh, who's what? Brock's the other night. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, Avery Discord talking about uh, movies, uh, workout center, uh, Meathead Central, and then uh, Twitter and, and Instagram. Really, right now for uh, for uh, Warpath updates. Liam Odin is the name. <laughs> my, my brain's mush. Yeah. What well, you you. I keep looking behind your shoulder. I have not seen a single varmint. So you're, I thought about actually fucking with you and being no. like, oh shit, Liam. But I was like, that would have just a couple, been. They, there's a couple of chirps where they, you'll just hear a strange <laughs> chirp and it's right outside the glass. And you're like, fuck. Uh, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a tough night. But it's going to be a long night for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bice, where can people find you? Uh, yeah. So I'm on Letterboxd. So I'm going to put my um, Napoleon review up there soon this week. I'm on Instagram, uh, the same name, but just uh, you can see my lifts <laughs> there as well. Um, I'll, yeah, I'm going to be more active on Discord, A4 Discord, so I'm going to try to be, be there more often. Because again, thank you for all the support, dear everybody. And of course, until the shit blows up, one of us dies, uh, I'm on Twitter at Vifitus, talking all the shit, being strong. Yeah. <laughs> And you can find me at the A4E Discord as well and Hibachi Justice on all uh, all accounts. And you can follow the show at Linktree slash A4E Podcast. Um, boys, love you. Uh, we're theoretically having a guest next week. I don't know if you remember that. I won't spoil who it is, but uh, it's somebody that was very important to my childhood. Uh, so uh, we'll be back again next week. Love you, boys. Peace. Thank you. All right, I'm going to stop the recording. <laughs>